Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, C.S. Ratliff. C.S., how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, excellent, excellent. I always love when I... I actually found you on Twitter uh, at first, so it was yeah. nice to... Yeah, Twitter's my watering hole, as I call it, so... Yeah. I just, I love just going and, you know, talking to people, seeing their books and, you know, and things. It's been cool to see, you know, you write different stories and think about different stories and kind of, you know, it's been nice to see you evolve in certain ways, you know, and uh, when you had the Kickstarter come out and we're talking about this book, I was like, oh, that's just really cool. So I'm really glad that, you know, we could get you on and help you out with this project, you know, in any way we can. So that's super cool. I appreciate it too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so we'll just go with that first question there. It is a fan favorite. Uh, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? Uh, it's been fairly brief. Um, I mean, in the aspects of, you know, I've watched a lot of your a lot of your videos here. And, I mean, you've had some people on like Scott Odin. And, you know, yeah. they've, been at, they've been at it for you know, longer than I've been alive. Yeah, veterans, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I've I've always kind of, played around storytelling story building world building what have you and um but i didn't actually really start writing until uh about three years ago um i just i kind of just sat down and wrote the first first book in my lightning rod saga and and i just kind of took off from there and never looked back (laughs) um i got the first two books in that one published now that's uh that's going to have four or five, I think, when it's all said and done. And then just had the Lucas Hale and Founders Key come out. And that's going to have seven that I know of so far. Oh, wow. And Lucas Hale's story, anyway. Um, the amount of world building I've done for that, I have stories for prequels, sequels, spinoffs, all kinds of stuff. So, So it's been short, but... I've built a lot and I've learned a lot. Yeah. Changed a lot of my, my pros and everything. So I'm hoping that I can write for the rest of my life, I guess. Yeah. Well, I just I was just talking about you the other day to a couple of authors, you know, were when I think prolific, you know, in terms of uh, you know, Indian definition, I, I think of you personally. Um, you know, because you had a pretty successful, you know, nano right mo, right? I mean, you were like really yeah busted it out i mean you were one of like you and um mallory coon were the two people i knew that were just like bam 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 (laughs) yeah i it was awesome i did a i did nano last year last year was the first year i did it and um, i hate i did i think fifty two thousand words last year and that was for the third upcoming book in the lightning rod saga and then i wasn't going to do it this year because when i did it last year i got burned out on it and yeah i spent about four months with writer's block and uh so i wasn't gonna do it and literally at the last second uh i think it was october 28th 29th i said i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it and so i started writing a whole different series that i'm that's kind of sitting on the back burner right now um but yeah i did i did sixty two thousand words in that (laughs) one still yeah that's crazy i was looking i was just like i was like well i was like you know, CS is over here doing that. I was like, I got at least you. Yeah, I was really, I, it's like the worst month for me with coaching and teaching. Like I just get done and burn out. And yeah, but I was, I, it was nice. Cause I saw your, you know, posts and things. I was just like, 
drug myself to the computer, you know? So I do have to thank you for that because that helped me because I'm a competitive person. So it it felt like we were doing sprints next to each other and you never knew it, but you know, it helped me out because it just kept me, you know, going in. Then December, I had a really good month and, you know, was able to come up with some really good stuff. So it was really cool to see, you know, I built a lot of things off of seeing your success and, you know, I looked at you and I was like, uh, I was like, well, he can do it. I was like, I can do it. So it was very, um, you and you and Mallory were very inspirational during that month. So it definitely helped to see your numbers and, you know, the journey and things like that. So that was awesome. I'm honored to be your motivation, I guess. (laughs) Um, You said this one guy I used to sprint with and I, it was in one of those discord groups. And when I got a new phone, I, I have no idea what group it is now, you know, and he's probably yeah. like waiting on me, you know, <laughs> but it was fun, you know, cause we would do 15 minutes and then I'd beat him and the yeah, particular I, uh, group I was in, it was fun. Yeah. I run a, I run a discord service. It's not very active, but during Nano it gets a little bit more active just for the sprints yeah. alone. And yeah, it is, it's, it's a lot more motivational. And I mean, even if, if you just go to the site rant of NaNoWriMo, um, you know, you can, link up with people in there and yep. if you don't even have to talk to them or whatever you just every time you log in to push your numbers in yep. you see everybody else's yeah yeah. you see everybody else's writing faster yeah it kind of pushes it a little bit harder yeah i i just like it because i just feel like when i see you know when i was sprinting with this one guy nate it was just nice because you know like you said you know it would be like oh 15 minutes are done and i'd beat him by five he beat me by yeah. 10 and he'd be like let's go again <laughs> you know or i would be like let's go again and yeah, yeah, that's not just hard when you're by yourself all the time, you know. That's one of the first times I ever heard the the term word vomit. <laughs> you just you put out all the words, don't worry about the edits, don't worry about what it's right or anything. Just just put out the words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's totally fair. That's entirely true. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, for our audience, obviously I know, but because I've been following you for a while, but what genre or genres do you currently write in and how did you choose those? I write fantasy. Um predominantly fantasy i've dabbled in some sci-fi and stuff too um short stories and retellings whatever but as far as what i have published it's it's fantasy um the lightning rod saga is definitely high fantasy it's set in a world called narium um and then my newest book which is this one by the way lucas hale and the founder's key um this one is set in modern times and in uh on earth and that's crazy because I, I never would have thought I would write, um, you know, a story set in today's time. Yeah, yeah. On Earth, you know, there's something so mundane about it. And yet you find a way to build this parallel world, you know. Um, so I, I enjoy writing both types of fantasy, whether it's high fantasy, low fantasy. Um, and that that really kind of, I think it stems from just being a lifelong fan of comic books, um, movies, pretty much from a young age. You know, I got into Harry Potter and the Inheritance Cycle, Mr. Mm. and you know that that was what sparked my my nano from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I pretty much just fell in love with anything that's high fantasy, Lord of the Rings, you know. Um, and that's kind of where I've my mind's kind of always always been there, and I've always been fascinated with sci-fi and film. And it wasn't until I think this year I really started dabbling out a little bit. I rewrote a 
I did a, a retelling of Hercules set in the year like 2046 Oh, that's cool. in the future. And uh, I messed around a little bit with the, the mythos and added them to a little bit more scientific like um, some of the old kings and queens that kind of, you know, threw Hercules under the bus and, and this new story, they were, they were vampires. There was, there was a lot of different twists of, you know, dark supernatural and, um, and Hercules himself. He was this, he's kind of a lone ranger type. I mean, he had all kinds of tech, motorcycle, and fun. That's awesome. Um, but I rewrote the whole whole first telling of uh, where he hunted down the Nemean lion. So, Oh, that's cool. so I dabble in sci-fi just a little bit, but not much. Fantasy, I think, is it's pretty much where I'll always be comfortable. It's where I'll always enjoy. So, I think fantasy is one of those. genres that you can continue to go back to the same worlds whether it's you know wheel of time game of thrones whatever just being in those in those worlds in your mind is just it's just you know, it's relaxing it's different Yeah. so that's where i'll always be I I definitely understand that, you know, like people are keep teasing me. It's a couple of my author friends are like, uh, when are you going to get more sci-fi authors out there? I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, and I have realized recently that just traveling, you know, similar circles to you, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, you talk to certain people, you know, I feel like, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, you're friends with those people and, you know, in the same groups and things. So I was like, I love sci-fi. I said, that's how I got into fantasy was, you know, sci-fi and fantasy, you know, mix in with star Wars, you know, and some different things, but I was like, it's not on purpose. I said, it just happens to be who's around me and who's contacting me on and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I get it. I, I love sci-fi, but fantasy is just like my, my thing, you know, Yeah. it's a lot Yeah. easier for me to write and it's a lot easier for me to read I think too. So. I think my perspective of what sci-fi is and what sci-fi means to me has changed over the years too, especially That's as fair. as I've become a writer. Um you know, I've always kind of enjoyed it in film, whether it's everything from, you know, the Predator to Stormship Troopers, whatever. But I could never see myself writing one until I started looking at things a little bit differently and um being a fan of superheroes, a lot of the 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 superhero movies now, you know, it's told in uh this larger than life scale, but when you really dial it down it's it's still sci fi. Mm. Yeah, no, it's true, yeah. A lot of them get their power. A lot of it's you know up until I guess until after Thanos <laughs> you know, most of them it was all science based stuff. Yeah. So looking at superheroes that way and what a you know, what a hero can be, um, whether it's you know, when you see powers as scientific base, whatever. Um, and that sparked the idea for my own superhero story if I ever get around to writing it. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I made the book cover for that and the whole promo art and everything. I had the whole superhero story lined up. Oh, that's cool. And then then the boys came out and it was like they pretty much <laughs> <laughs> pretty much have my idea, so <laughs> yeah, I definitely know that feel. And I had one where I um, was trying to figure out from DC how to get the the title, the, the old gods back, because <laughs> I had this one and I was like, oh, I had these older superheroes that took over things, kind of like Watchmen and the boys and Um, created this alternative future and then I wanted these new superheroes to come in called the new gods and 
my buddy was like, yeah, you know, it's like mostly just DC, right? I'm like, well, mine's different. He's like, yeah, but all the names are the same. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't think they're going to give it to you. So I'm like, it doesn't work. It like, literally, I have so much wrapped into it. I was like, it literally doesn't work if I can't use those two names. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I just interviewed a um, JCM Byrne and, you know, he was talking about, you know, sci-fi and you know superhero genre and i had not realized until you know our episode together where i was like oh yeah it really is sci-fi you know and particularly yeah. gardens of the galaxy you know or you know even thor you know and things like that so yeah it's yeah very closely related i never even realized it before yeah the, the story i had was uh was that these um there was a meteorite that came down and gave everybody a bunch of powers and i think that spawned from my love of Smallville growing up. Oh, uh, yeah. The whole freak of the week style that they had. Yep, and, yep. And then I had the idea that the, the government would step in and basically take control over a bunch of them and be like, no, you work for us. It's not, you know, the other way around. Yeah. So then you get all these superheroes and I'd have to look now. I think his name was Fission, his superhero name. And he was uh, he was pretty much the, the top, the most powerful guy. And he could control things on an app on an atomic level I mean, mm. could, they could break everything down oh that's cool but I, but I had his whole his whole power set um from the naked eye it just looked like he was creating fire but through science mm. fiction i was thinking of all the elements you need to make fire so instead of just saying fire and he's creating it no he's actually moving the atoms at a high pace level creating friction that's cool moving oxygen particles through the air to create, you know, the, the oxygen for the fire. So it was all science-based. Well, and the whole story of the main character and the main character's father was killed. And, and then the boys came out and I said, that's pretty much <laughs> what it was. All these heroes that are not actually heroes. And, you know, there's these new heroes that are stepping in to try to you know, actually be heroic and, so I kind of shelf that idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, the nice thing is I feel like recently, you know, there have been things like that where, you know, people have waited a few years, you know, after the craze, but people yeah. still had, you know, those, oh, yeah. you know, those trends come back, you know, I mean, look at bell bottoms, and yeah. <laughs> everything else, you know? So yeah, it's, it's nice that you're, that. you can shelve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like you could shelve it. Right. And then, yeah. you know, come back and, I feel like a lot of people too, you know, with Dark Tower still are still looking for that type of oh, yeah. Odysseus like, you know, episodic, you know, series. And, you know, some things have tried to do that, I think, but haven't quite gotten there. So, yeah, yeah I know some people that were thinking about doing those kinds of things. So, yeah, that was kind of the kind of the big inspiration behind Lucas Hale was granted the, the fandom of Harry Potter is not dying anytime soon, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with her not putting up books now for, a decade yeah yeah um, you know i i looked for things like that like like harry potter for a long yeah. time and i jumped back and forth from you know vampire academy and percy jackson and all these and all these recommendations people gave me and i read a bunch of them and i'm like it's you know it's not the same so i wanted to make something that was nostalgic to me and for other harry potter readers it would feel nostalgic and yet be something completely new and luckily from the reviews i've gotten from arcs and stuff like that 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 is the one thing the one goal i had that i nailed um most of the reviews so far 
you know, they talk about how there's something eerily familiar about mm. the tale. Um, there's a sense of nostalgia. Plus, I got a whole slew of Easter eggs and nods in there. And then, uh, but the whole world itself is different and the story is different. The characters are all different and everything. Yeah. So, so I'm hoping that it, uh, you know, it, it breathes a, a fresh life in the, I don't even know what you would call the genre, academic fantasy, whatever. But um, that's something I wanted to kind of usher in a, a new era of academy magic. And yeah. All. So that was the whole idea behind that. I mean, I think that's a great, you know, I mean, I think you have a lot to stand on in terms of that type of genre, you know, or subgenre with, mm-hmm. you know, the magical academia yeah whatever you want to call it um it's almost weird that i can't think of that subgenre, you know as being a subgenre, but it totally is you know and um but yeah i think you have a lot to stand on there but you know from you know your videos on tiktok you know things you said on facebook and twitter it just really seems like you know you have quite a lot there to stand up on you know for your yeah. book on its own you know in the series on its own which i think personally is a is the medium that most people try to shoot for, yeah. you know, and yeah. they do one, but not the other. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really awesome to hear. Yeah. It was, uh, there was a lot of, um, there, were, there was a lot of planning into character, which I had never done before my first series, my first series, the characters kind of just came to life uh, on the page. Like I had a name, maybe what the power was or their rank, you know, whatever. And that's just kind of where it was. Um, and then they, they kind of develop themselves. And this one, I specifically knew that I wanted um, different personalities, different personalities, um, some with disabilities, um, their ethnicities, everything. I wanted I wanted everything to be set in stone and then grow from there, which I've never, I didn't do that with my first series. Mm. Like my characters grow a little bit, but you don't really get to see that grow and feel that growth as you do, I think, with, with the new Lucas Hale. Because like I've already started writing the second book. I'm on I'm about yeah. up five chapters into the second book now. And you really get to see the characters grow and a lot more that way. I think knowing the foundation of where they were. So I'm hoping that that happy medium kind of getting a foot in the door with a bunch of Potterheads and <laughs> fans of that that era. Um because a lot of them are, a lot of the ones I know, you know, are my age. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of the Harry Potter fans are you know, 25, 30 and up now. So if I can bring something new to that and yet um, still be for readers, you know, younger readers. And I think that was, that was the other half of my goal was getting new readers into fantasy. Yeah. Because... I don't know if it's just me, but there's a big push for, you know, just dark and gritty and adult-like tones and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is, there's still middle grade fiction and fantasy, but um, it's like black and white now. There's no, there's no area in between there. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, like my book is set for about 13 to 14 year olds. Um, and a lot of the things that are in it, you know, are, they're more oriented towards 2022 versus, you know, Harry Potter was originally what 1992, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. So 
So we'll see, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think you make a good point, though, you know, where, you know, I just think of so many times where, you know, I, I have parents that are like, oh, you know, I, I need something for my kid to read. They read Harry Potter. Now I'm trying to push them, you know, and, you know, a lot of the parents at my school, you know, they know I'm 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 just a huge advocate for, you know, for, for reading and they'll come up to me all the time and they're like, what, what should my kid be reading? You know, what should they be reading? Like, and I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I know all these people. So, you know, so it's nice to be yeah. able to, you know, have your book to be like, oh yeah, you know, like check this out, particularly if they like, you know, and my kids come up to me in particular, it's not really the parents, but it's more the kids that are like, what should we be reading? They're yeah. like, you got the no. So it's really cool, you know, for me to have your book, um, you know, where I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I have a particular set of shelves in my classroom where it's like, you have to read the books in the classroom, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I just don't want them to, you know, be gone and stuff. So my, my friend was like, just grab another copy of this book. I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, I have been doing that too with certain authors I really like, I was, you know, and I want the kids to read. So I'm really excited to, for that. Um, yeah, but it's cool, you know, to be able to, you know, for me as a teacher to be like, who, you know, grew up on Harry Potter and stuff to be like, yeah, there's, you know, this thing that's really similar, but it's also really different. And, you know, I think that that's really exciting. You know, it's just really exciting to see that you're doing something like that, yeah. you know, and yeah, it's just, and, you know, I feel like, you know, which we'll get into here in a sec, but I feel like, you know, you have some unique ideas there too, that, you know, will. I think we'll really distance yourself as well. You know, it's not yeah. being a Potterhead, but being a Hailhead. I don't know if that's yeah. what you want to call it, but <laughs> I can see the t-shirts now. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Well, I just want the, the just to, to ask you this one, just so that people do know about your other books. So uh, I, I actually have all of them. I've been going through the first one myself um on and off with my kindle it's been hard because i've been writing but <laughs> i feel like i've gotten no re reading done lately but a lot of writing uh but what is your lightning rod saga about and how did you come up with that first idea well the idea of it sparked one night playing world of warcraft mm -hmm. and i was i've always been uh an elemental shaman oh, i've always cool. loved i've always loved lightning um it's my favorite thing of nature Oh yeah, ever, um, and there's never going to be enough people that have lightning power. <laughs> Amen. So, so I thought if I could write something that was uh, about a character who had lightning power, um, and then you know where would his his story be? And I thought it can't be on Earth. <laughs> so yeah, and I, I immediately thought of um, Inheritance Cycle, uh, Lord of the Rings scale of a world that i wanted to eventually you know build out into and i've definitely done that by going into the fourth book now um but the story is uh rainer trisval he's 16 and he's an orphan of course he is tracking down uh, a creature it's called a vrail and the vrail kind of leads him to the mountains it's called the bjorn mountains no, none of the locals go to the Bjorn Mountains. There's uh, stories of monsters and death, and I think it's um, they're old. They're old stories, and Rainier just believes that you know their old stories keep kids away from the mountains and keep them from venturing out. You know, um, but he kind of says screw it one day, and he goes and tracks down this rail, 
And lo and behold, it's not a Vril. It's a Druid. And this Druid shapeshifts and tries to attack him. And he gets saved by a mage, a fire mage. And this fire mage is the first evidence of magic for Rainier. So when he, um, he sees it and he pretty much can't let it go. The fire mage saves him and tells him to run. And then he does. And he wakes up back home. And the next day, a different fire mage shows up looking for the first one. And he finds out that the first one died. And that this new fire mage that showed up is his brother. So when he wants to go on a, a revenge plot, I guess, Rainier immediately sees an opportunity to see more magic and experience more of that. And he falls right head first into it. And upon the second attack, uh, he's he gets pretty much he's pretty much killed, Rainier is. But he's resurrected because he, as a human, um you know, he basically sacrificed himself for a mage. And the mages are all given their magic by the elemental gods. There are elemental gods and affinity gods. There's seven different layers of their heaven. It's called Fornthus. So when he gets his um when he, he dies the sacrifice, the oldest, which is the, the king of the gods, and he resurrects him, gives him a choice. You can be brought back to life. I can only do that if I give you magic. And of course he's 16. He's let's do it. <laughs> um, and he doesn't realize how much danger he's just put himself in and all of the um, the hardships that are about to come. And they do. They they come rolling in quick. And I don't know why I went the route I went. I originally set out to write, you know, about a 16-year-old, and the story immediately went, you know, darker. <laughs> um, it took on this real gritty tone. And there's a lot of death, a lot of fighting, a lot of battles. And, um, as we move into the second book and the third book, it opens up his eyes to the world his power and everything like that, because um, unlike all the other elemental mages, there is no lightning elemental mage. There's nobody to teach him how to use his magic. So mm -hmm. he's basically has to use what he can. A lot of stuff he's learning by accident. Um, then by the third book, he finds out that there are some ancient scrolls that they found that pertain a lot of his spells that he needs. So as the story progresses, he basically ventures out in the world and the villains become harder than the people. They want his power. They want him gone. He's a threat to the gods. And it just it goes up and up and up. And um, Every step of that series, every book of that series just jumps up in everything, in world building, risk, the magic, the battles, everything. So it's pretty fun. It's, it's, a, it's, a, lot, it's, it's a lot faster paced than Lucas Hale, but um, there's a lot of traveling dangers and stuff like that in the same vein as you know Tolkien um, or Aragon. So I don't know if I got no, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The gist of the whole series. Um, and then I, you know, I originally wrote them, and then I there were different titles, different covers, and everything like that, and then I pulled them off Amazon. Because I became a better writer between books two and three. And then I started rewriting them. I rewrote books one and two, new covers. Um, 
different titles. And like book one was released in December. And I had added like 16,000 words to it. Mm. Book two came out and I added like 21,000 words to that. So I've expanded on a lot of things and just I've cleaned up a lot of my writing. Book three, I have to release yet. I'm still rewriting that one now. Mm. Um, but I've, I've already started writing book four. Book four is estimated to be about 700 pages. Oh, so, wow. And then book five is, you know, that's the big finale. And I'm torn between splitting that in between two books because it's it's so massive. Um, that encapsulates everything in the whole series. The, the the main villains, I guess, at the end of it. Um, it takes everybody and everything to defeat. So, so everything just goes up and up and up. Hmm. Now, I that's one reason why I asked the question. Uh, first of all, I really liked the magic system um, in particular um, and the world you built. So I just was curious too, from a writer standpoint though, um, have you noticed with like books one and two, when you like rewrote and re-released them, the covers look great, by the way, I love what you did with them. Um, did you notice like a huge shift there or, you know, in terms of readership or review? Um, in reviews, definitely reviews. Um, there, the only negatives I really had before was, uh, just, the. Uh, the pros, really, I guess. Mm. The pros and a lack of an editor. Um, I kind of got screwed around a little bit there. But, um, yeah, going back through and reworking the books, all of those those negative views about the, the pros and everything is all gone. Oh, the same phrases, the same phrases that were there are there, you know, again. Yeah. Um, so it's I've gotten all the good with none of the bad, so. Oh, that's it's, good. It's it's definitely helped. Um, yeah, and I've I've I learned a lot in uh, in writing. I've read a lot more, and participated in the anthologies and beta reading and arcs. I really got to see how a lot of modern writers are writing now. Um, so a lot of that changed for me personally. So I I went back through and I redid it, and I think. From, the, from what I've seen so far, most most people are, you know, happy. I've had some people that like the series enough that they got both books one and two again. After oh, that's awesome! Remade them and they reread them and put out new reviews for them. Oh, that's so, cool. So, yeah, I think I think for the most part, there's a there's definitely a positive behind it. Yeah. So, well, it's just interesting because I've heard a couple of people say that you know and. Um, you know, there's been mixed feelings going into it. Um, I, I guess I'm always just like, you know, like some of those people, you know, where there are things I've read where I'm like, yeah, there could have been something that could have been changed or whatever. And some of those characters I absolutely love that I'm like, I would, you know, it's almost like you get to read this a really good book for the second time. Yeah. You know, and it's like yeah. you, you don't often get that chance, you know. So yeah. to me, I'm like, oh, that would be I'm like, that'd be really cool. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like that'd be especially if you really like the characters, you know, and the story. And yeah, I got it. That was that was one of the big things was diving into character. Um, when I first started writing, like when I wrote the first book, I wrote it in four months. There was mm -hmm. no planning really behind it. I had the idea of somebody with lightning. They need to get here. 
character. I would be a necromancer. I wanted his power. And I just wrote. And I wrote it in four months. And when I got done, I thought I thought I had this amazing story. And I think the story is still good. It's still still one of my favorites. But um, writing wise, like I did a lot of telling. And, you know, just the, the even you could tell I was a new writer. And so going back and fixing a lot of that and moving from, you know, show, not tell, and all that, and really diving into the characters a lot more. I think that that helped bring a lot of things forward. Like my second, my secondary character in the whole series is Taryn and he's the fire maid and he's pretty much universally the most favorite character, mm. which is blows my mind because I haven't dove into his character a lot until like mm. book four. Oh, that's interesting. But a lot of people, they, you know, they, they like his character. And, um, so it's interesting to see which, which characters people like. Um, you know, if you kill off a character, you get to see if people care or not. You know, um, there was a, there's a lot of characters that get killed off, <laughs> but um, uh, I saw see, a couple of your reviews. <laughs> yeah, to see um, to see people get attached to characters, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. Well, that's what I was like. Oh, you know, when I first saw you, you know, on Twitter and things, and you know, I saw somebody with a review, and they were like, "I'm so angry at him," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's impressive," you know, that you're this angry. I'm like, that means that's good writing, you know, like you cared about the characters enough that when, you know, that character's not there, you're PO'd at the author. Like, that's one of my goals is to make somebody either love or hate me that much, you know. And that means that you yeah. have really good writing. So I think that's awesome. It's like in in the in the third book. There's a, a major death in the third book. And I really dove into that that whole scene because he's really close to the main character. Um, so I really I really prolonged the whole funeral scene and dove into Rainier's emotions that I get. Um I had, you know, about a dozen readers telling that they, you know, they they cried during that, that whole thing. Oh, wow. And while you're like you, know, you feel guilty about it, at the same time you're like yeah. <laughs> yeah that means you that means you've you've put something out that people care about as well so yeah totally well, that's super cool i think that's the goal like my first fantasy novel i'm taking a break i just need a break from the story it's too close to me and you know i think part of it's like i just get almost depressed because i'm just like oh like the things that i put these characters through <laughs> but i always tell people you know i'm like i promise you if you can make it through all three books like I just I love the the you know the Cobra Kai the oh yeah the Hawk the you know your Johnny's the redemption arcs I even think yeah. Daniel's on a huge redemption arc personally I think he yeah. you know you know really left the Miyagi way behind and, and in some ways you know still really has and yeah I, you know I think he's getting a good you know redemption arc but redemption just really stuck with me particularly after that season three and four you know yeah. and. I'm like, I promise people, I'm like, if you stick with me for the three books there, that by the end, you're going to be like cheering, you know, yeah. and it's not necessarily happy for everybody, but I do think, you know, all that investment of emotion will come out and, you know, you might need therapy at the end <laughs> a little bit to, you know, or a, a group to talk about, or, you know, like yeah. we hate, we hate Dan or something like that <laughs> to start, but I think it'll be cool. But yeah, that's just cool. You know, I, I saw some of your reviews for book three, I think, I think it was book three. And I was like, man, like to make people this upset is like, yeah. 
it's one of my goals because <laughs> i do like you said i do feel like it's, it really shows their love for the character so i think that that yeah. is that's just great writing there well, well, it's interesting you, you said to, uh, you know talk about a redemption arc and the character in particular that died in book three he was the man who went through a big redemption arc um he was universally hated feared in the first book and then by the third book he's he, he's a hero He's seen as a hero. He's forgiven and everything, and then he dies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so well. If people are upset about that. I mean, that's awesome. I knew uh, another author that literally said that he did that on purpose because nobody liked a character in his book one, and then he did that in book two. They loved that character, and then he killed them off at book three, and it really dramatic. So I think that he's like, no, you're gonna love this character, and you're you're gonna like it too. So I think yeah. that 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 again just you know speaks to the writing. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, that leads us actually perfectly into now, you know, with your newest book. Uh, So what is your Lucas Hale and the Founder's Key about? And what were the origins of this character in this story? So Lucas Hale and the Founder's Key and the whole series. The series is called Alice in Academy of Magics. And Lucas Hale is about to turn 13. And he's been living with his grandpa for the last two years. His grandpa is really brutal. He is a ward works for the Order of the Arcanum, and he trains Lucas very hard in confliction. Confliction is basically their witch and wizard's form of martial arts. Mm, and, that's cool. Um, and then he forced him to train alchemy because they can't do magic. They can't learn it until they turn 13. When they turn 13, the Order of the Arcanum reads their aura, and based upon their bloodline, will tell them which school they get put into. And Alessander is the most prestigious school. So Lucas knows he was raised by his aunt and uncle up until two years ago. They, they got killed in a car accident. Um, he doesn't know much about his parents yet, but he knows that he's, you know, he's, he's going to be a wizard. He already knows his, his bloodline, his mom, dad, where his aunt and uncle were, and his grandfather is. So he's basically just awaiting for his 13th birthday to leave what he repeatedly calls this prison that he lives on in Wyoming. And he sees he sees his grandpa as this this warden. Um so basically he gets his letter for the school and he gets accepted into the most prestigious school. And as he's going through the school he learns that people kind of really know um the legends of his parents and the sacrifice that they made and everything like that to stop this, you know, this dark wizard. And Lucas has read a little bit about it, but he doesn't know much about it. And every time he's asked anybody about it, they kind of push him off. They, they don't want to talk about it. Um, so through other people, through books at the school, and stuff like that, he starts trying to learn a little bit about his own past, um, his parents' past and everything like that, and how that, how that leads to Lord Malamus, who's, who's the dark wizard. Um, and as the whole story starts to unroll, he pretty much immediately realizes that his, I guess his fame or his parents' fame has only placed a target on his back. So he's immediately being sought after, and um, you know he's he's got to he's got to learn everything yet. Um, but he has he has revenge on his mind. He's thirteen, then. As soon as he gets to the school, he pretty much learns that Malmus is the one that personally killed his parents. And he's locked in a prison in a different world. 
There's this other world called Ismthor. So he has revenge on his mind. He's young. He's gets a chance to learn magic. Um, and that's his goal in the beginning. His goal is to become the best he can be and then go after Malamus. And he learns real quickly that no matter what his plans are, life is going to throw everything at him as he's going through school um, and in between. So, so that's basically the first book. Wow, you got a lot there that's like, it really does seem very middle of the road. You got a lot to pull in the you know the powder crowd, but you got a lot there to make your own crowd. Like, yeah, yeah that's that's awesome. I'm glad I backed the Kickstarter. <laughs> very glad. <laughs> I was uh, just talking to somebody about that book the other day, actually just two days ago. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, oh, my buddy, we actually just saw him too. We were talking about a couple of days. I was like, yeah, I was back this Kickstarter and him and I share books. So yeah. Um, you know, we were just talking about it again today, actually. He's like, who you got in the lineup today? So I was talking to him um, earlier about a couple authors and I was talking about you coming on. He's like, oh, that's the Harry Potter guy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think that's a great, great sign, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was like, we were talking about your title. Um, so I was showing him, you know, the book and everything. Um, and he made a good point. He was like, you know, even the title, you know, really sounds like, you know, uh, a Harry Potterist, you know, uh, title, you know, things like that. I didn't think about it till later. I was like, it really does sound like very niche genre, um, you know, for these magical academies and things like that. So, yeah. It's, yeah. That was a, that was a late decision too. Um, mm. I look back at a lot of my earlier tweets, um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the earlier covers, the title on it before was the house of blood and stone. Yeah. That was the working title. And then, uh, I started trying to play around with the title and the cover a little bit as it got closer to being done. And I thought, if I put something out that says Lucas Hale and whatever, and then every book is Lucas Hale, like book two is going to be Lucas Hale and the Blood of Shadows. That is immediately going to tell people that it's the Lucas Hale story. Yep. But for book one, it's going to immediately tell people that it's in that same vein as, you know, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's yep. Stone, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. So, I mean, they're, you know, it's, it definitely it definitely was done intentionally so yeah. carefully intentionally because those fans of this could be you know they can they can carry it hard <laughs> if they want to make make or make or break you yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you tweeted that though i was like because i like the other title like i really did yeah. it's like oh and then when you tweeted that i was like oh he changed it and then i actually looked at the tweet and i was like oh that's so much better <laughs> like, i was just like that yeah, was genius move it was a uh, it was it was back and forth on it and stuff. So I'm trying to get the the hashtags going. Um, you know, hashtag Lucas Hale series and oh, that's cool. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I feel like you got you know some feel, feel like you're setting yourself up you know for a lot of successes early on. You know, and I just want to point that out to the audience. You know that um, you know in terms of you know because we always talk about writing to an audience. You know, everybody talks about that, but I don't think people actually really dissect it because you've done a lot of things that, you know, are very unique, you know, we'll get to those here in just a second with some of the other questions and, uh, and things, you know, your magic system, you know, things like that. But, you know, it's, a, I don't know, I feel like you took a lot of things that, you know, with your description and things that, you know, are there that people really do enjoy. But again, just want to point out that I think it's that you're offering something completely new 
yeah and unique in that same type of format you know like your title you know like people are automatically going to be drawn to that title you know based yeah. off of like you said like the genre um you know and i'm trying to think of within the last four or five years of like you know any magical academies that i even there were some before that you know but yeah you know now it's like the percy jacksons have all really kind of you know, yeah. diverge from that. So I think that, you know, there's a huge gap there and, you know, there's a, a, a good niche in the market there that, you know, you could totally cover yourself. So, yeah. 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 And that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, something I was going through a lot with my, I have a, a beta reader. She's, she's really good. She, she finds everything. And <laughs> that was, that was something that was in between a lot of the writing was that, that thin line of, you know, are you getting too close to Harry Potter? And then there, there are other inspirations too. Uh, Percy Jackson and the Immortal Instruments are the mm. you know the big Oof. ones. And while they're like, you know, you, you're getting a little too close there. And then I would, anytime I got too close to something that was too familiar, I would take it and do a 180. I would flip it completely the opposite way. So, um, like for Lucas Hale, like I knew I didn't want Lucas Hale to be like Harry Potter. I wanted him to be everything that he was not. And I've apparently nailed that because I've had three of my art readers now tell me that the that Lucas Hale is, you know, what what Harry Potter's not. Mm. What Harry Potter could have been or should have been, whatever. Um you know, Harry gets put into Gryffindor's the hero house and everything like that. Lucas does not. Lucas gets put into the villain house. So there's there's all these things that are mm. flipped and they're, they're different. And, um, you know, Harry's fame was from, you know, he stopped Voldemort, whatever. Lucas's fame is like, um, you know, your, your parents did something to your, you're like a prince basically. Uh, but there are these heavy rumors that his parents were the calls of Malamus, the bad guy. Mm. Oh, he's, somewhat famous in a lot of ways and in a lot of ways he's infamous so a lot of people are nasty towards him and hate him before they even really get it before they get to know him they just meet him and um you know he's got to figure out this this line to walk throughout the whole book he's like you know who doesn't like me who likes me <laughs> and he doesn't even know why he doesn't even know him. so there are a lot of things that are flipped and there's a you know just that thin line of walking between all these different inspirations behind it. And, um, I think it, I think it worked out pretty well though, because it, it definitely drives the story, the story and the characters in, in a different direction. I think um, like I've had a lot of people ask me if it's good for, you know, 10, 11 year olds like Harry Potter was. And I'm like, maybe not so much because it's, it's more towards 13, 14 and more towards 14, 15. Um, it's it's darker than the first Harry Potter is. So, um, so I definitely wanted to make it, you know, my own thing, make it a little bit more realistic. The a lot of the, you know, like the magic system and all that stuff. But yeah, it's just it's just a little different. So. Yeah, I think that's so smart though that you, you know, when finding like you said that something was too much like Harry Potter, you know, because you do want to tell your own story. I think it is smart that you, you know rearrange things like that that to me just sounds interesting because i'm just thinking of so many times where harry potter got his butt kit you know kissed by so many people yeah you know because of that and i'm like 
I kind of feel like, you know, maybe, you know, at times I would have thought him infamous rather yeah. than famous, you know? So I think yeah. that, and that actually brings a, you know, a whole new perspective to not just, you know, Harry Potter, but, you know, to, to your character. And that to me just, that, that, that interests me more than a, a Harry Potter clone. Yeah. You know, I was like seeing what you've done to change the character. You yeah. Know, that, that sounds really interesting. Even when you were saying, you know, like he's trained by, you know, you know, his grandfather, like, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, well, that's cool. Cause that's different than Harry Potter. You yeah. Know? I'm like, that's, yeah. that's a decisive difference there. That is, you know, makes your character unique. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a, a, a world building decision. I think um, like I've created moon. There's a sport in the, in the story, in the school, in the world, I guess. So I've created a whole, a whole different sport. I'm like, you know, there's Quidditch and Harry Potter and Lucas Hale, there's war in both. So confliction is a big part of that. And that comes from a lot of my martial arts background and being a veteran and stuff like that. Like I, that is something I know, you know, and I know, I know, I know how to teach it and how to train it. And therefore I know what kids are like learning it. You know, these are, you know, 13 year olds. I know what, I know what a 13 year old is like trying to teach them martial arts. So, um, and then of course, learning it myself, I know, you know, what it's like to get things wrong, get things right and all that. So I knew I really wanted to, to push a semblance of martial arts and defensiveness to this story that Harry Potter never had. Yeah, yeah. So I have some some nods and some Easter eggs to Harry Potter, and some of them are like little pokes at it. Like that one is, you know, they kept saying, you know, um, you know, Hogwarts is the safest school ever, but every year it got <laughs> yeah. broken too. Yeah. So. <laughs> so like my school changes. They I took a more realistic stance to it, military stance to it. When something is wrong, something's broke or weak, you fix it make it stronger so my story the things that happen that are bad in book one they restructure in book two the barriers um you know the the rules for the order of the arcanum they they they're constantly making trying to make things safe that makes and, sense and they never did that in harry potter which i always thought was it did it did drive me crazy because i'm like why don't you have your version of the national guard here you know like (laughs) particularly when you know voldemort's coming yeah (laughs) yeah it's it was always one of those loopholes where i'm like oh am i the only one like i think that's why i haven't read the later you know the later books because i'm just like i'm like this doesn't make sense you know and it it keeps pulling me out they had um they had oars and you know in harry potter but they're um they're so far few in between, you know, like you yeah, had the order of the Phoenix, whatever. And then, you know, there's a few of them in there, but um, in mine, the order of the Arcanum, like they're, they're law enforcement, you know, they're called mm. wards and the wards, there are thousands of them, you know, they're, they're like a military, they're a magical military. And that's not to spoil too much, but something coming up in like book four or five, I really want to play with a theory that I've always had or question I've always asked myself is how would a magical army mm. go against go against a real army. Oh that would be so cool. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's gonna be fun to really play with. Yeah that's gonna be awesome. Oh 
Like, how well does the shield hold up against the 50 cal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Browning, yeah. Yeah. You got me thinking about that now. Well, so, and then I, I, I like, too, where, you know, you're talking about, you know, I don't know. I just always thought that I did, you know, as a martial artist, I thought that there was just so much that could have been done with the, even a defensive style of, you know, offensive versus defensive style magic, you know, and yeah. I just felt like the spells were cool, but I was like, there seems to be no real, you know what I mean? Like there's a move and a move. There's no yeah. style or, you know, that's kind of, I don't know if you can see very well. Yeah. 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 Oh, those look great. This is from the book. It's the record. That's another poke was something I always thought was, you know, whatever you want to call it, I guess. Um, uh, you know, they had, they had wands that can get broken or with a simple spell knocked out of your hand. Yeah. Like, they never did anything to fix that. I mean, yeah, it's just weird. You're not teaching them magic without a wand. They can lose their wand or break it so easily. You know, it's setting them up for failure. Yeah. Oh, and right in the beginning of this book, Lucas asks his grandfather if he's going to get a wand. And he says, why? So you can lose it so you can break it? He says, we don't <laughs> use wands. They used to use wands in this story oh that's cool that was, that's, that's cool world building that's another one of those adaptations you know people's wands go broken or getting lost or whatever stolen and so they came up with these which are precorbs and each one is unique to each wizard and only the strongest magic can break one off which also allows for two hands to mm, both use magic and cool. confliction of fighting so um that's just one of those other that's one little pokes I guess. Um, but it's something I always want to do throughout the whole series is, um, is constantly adapt. And I think that comes from both martial arts and military. Um, oh, yeah. Is it, you know, always adapting to the threat at hand. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that if it was the one hand or two, but now God, I'm just thinking of so many different things with not just martial arts, but world building with two, you know, a lot of different things that you could have happen. You know, it's just, that just opens up a lot more world building, I feel like, and just a lot more fun. <laughs> just sounds more fun. <laughs> yeah, I That's, think um, yeah. I, I originally had it as there was one on each, um, one on each wrist in case one would break. Um, smart. But then the way I've, described it and designed them the hides that are used are all from various dragon hides and the dragon hides kind of bind with the orb the orb mm. is made the blood and then three stones so the orb is made first and then it's it's bound together with um you know a magical creature's hide so they're they're pretty much indestructible i mm. mean and there's not a spell that you can do to just take somebody else's off so you're not going to go into a fight and, and Lucas will never go into a fight, I guess, with the threat of losing his, you know, his wand, losing his way of doing magic. And that's kind of a double-edged sword because um, then you, you know, you have to think of different ways to increase the mm -hmm. risk. And to me, that's fine. I, yeah. through, through, fun. action, through action and everything else like that, it really, I think it puts the character in a, I think, it, I think it makes them grow a lot more. Um, yeah. Instead of losing your wand and 
you, you, your character can go that way, I guess. You know, if they was to lose it or break it, then they got to find a way to, to defend themselves yeah. or run, you know. And in this one, if there's no chance of them losing it, then it, there's only growth for them to become stronger, better, you know, whether it's offense or defense. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot more interesting yeah. <laughs> than just having a wand. <laughs> there's only been, there's already been a lot of that. So, yeah, I think that is very smart on your part. That's, that's awesome. It's very, very interesting to think about. So, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I did notice your uh, book, uh, so I did want to ask you about this in terms of your writing advice. Uh, what sort of writing advice does your book, Stand Your Ground, Write the Fight, give the reader? It's a great title, by the way. Um, it basically teaches um, the, the whole, the foundation of, of writing action scenes. And that's not oh, that's just, cool. And it's not just fighting. Um, there it dabbles a little bit into you know moving from scene to scene um just action in general not necessarily you know combat or something like that but um it breaks down the the ways of using the senses um short the sentence structure to set paces mm. uh, the design of choreography choosing different martial arts different weapons and all that it's it's 12 steps that break down how to write action a little bit better. And that came about because I did, um, I did a panel for Write Hive three years ago. And that was my workshop was writing action scenes. Mm, that's cool. There were like, there was like 350 people on that discord listening to me talk about writing action. Oh, that's I was, awesome. I was like, is there, there's really this many people this many writers mm. that struggle to write action. And then afterwards I got on Twitter and Facebook and stuff and I found out that yeah, um, a lot of writers, that's one of their biggest fears is writing any kind of action scene, whether it's somebody being chased or, or an actual fight, and especially an actual fight. Um, so it breaks down into twelve different steps of how to how to write them cleaner, um, how to set the pacing right, the importance of action and you know, so you're not just throwing action into your story just to have it. You know, um, teach you how to separate what happens before, during, and after the effects of action scenes and everything. Like that. So it just teaches people, teaches writers how to do it a little bit better. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a great title too. I was like, oh, that's I didn't know you had done that. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I have to ask him about that. So it took me forever to come up with that yeah. title. <laughs> that's really cool. I just think it's it's a it's a perfect title. So that's yeah, that's super cool. I definitely have to check that one out. I always like when you know I can find something like that because like you know you said or you would think that everybody who's had problems with that would you know have written a book like that or you know or put it together with somebody. So yeah, it's there's still feel like there's not as much out there as you know as as people think that there is. So yeah. that's really cool. And it's always it's always been like the opposite of what I thought too. I thought that people with martial arts experience and you know veterans and stuff like that, I thought they would be you know, better at writing action. And generally, a lot of people that are comfortable writing action have never had training or anything like that. So yeah, a lot different than I thought it would ever yeah. be. Well, it's like I'm trying to 
politely asked certain beta readers with military experience in particular. Um, I have this recon Marine. So I'm like, Ooh, like I, I really struggled. I was like, you know, martial arts, other fighting scenes I can do all day long, but I'm like, I'm just not a big gun person. Like we've hunted my whole life, but you know, it's like hunting versus special yeah. forces and weapons is totally different, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I've never fired an M4. Like, you know, I'm like, I had to do all this research, all these things, watch all these videos. And I still don't think I, you know, and I want to hit the veteran crowd, you know, in particular and the Marine crowd to be like, Oh, like, you know, cause I do want to touch on certain things, which I do find interesting. And, uh, with the particular character. And I do think that military people have been portrayed um, negatively for a while now in certain areas. And I want people to be, I have a lot of family who have been in the military and friends, especially, and I would like to and police, you know, and not that, you know, it's whatever, but um, you know, I want people to still remember that a lot of people do do those things to help. And as a teacher, you know, there's a lot of teachers where I'm like, you, you, you shouldn't be here, you know? Um, but I do think it's important to, you know, to show that these people, particularly, you know, police and soldiers, it's like not a lot of people do that, you know, and are willing to risk their lives. And that's literally what you're doing, you know? And it's like, I, I, I want to showcase certain things, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, it's like doing military sci-fi, you know, like, or hard sci-fi. It's like, if I don't know the science, it, yeah. I, you know, so part of me is like, you know, I, I do get it. Cause I, you know, I worried about writing these last two scenes for my prequel novella. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. I'm like, am I going to get them right? But I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm not going to get them right. Cause I haven't been there. You know, yeah. I haven't been to Baghdad, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to have to write the draft and then, you know, finish the first draft and then find somebody you know, to go back over it, to help me with it. Like, that's just the reality. So I think it makes total sense that people, you know, would, you know, would really want help with that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, uh, have you ever read the gray man? The movie just came out on Netflix. No, actually, um, my buddy and I were just talking about adding that to book club, actually. The movie is one of the worst book to film adaptations I've ever seen. Oh, that stinks. A lot of people really like the movie. Yeah. For what it is, uh, which I don't understand, because the author uh, Mark Greeny, he was part of the, the filming process, mm. and I think they just mashed up a bunch of the books from the series. But as far as a writer goes, the book goes from a military standpoint, um, just the whole operations, the action in general, is probably one of the best I've ever read. Oh, that's really good to know. One of the best and one of the most realistic. Like I'm a big fan of the the Reacher series and stuff. Like oh, that. I just got into that. Yeah, Reacher and um, you know the Born Born series. Oh yeah. But I think Mark Greeny is hands down the best action and military operations writer. Oh, that's good to know. He's a veteran, so yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, we we just talked about that yesterday, actually. Um, because somebody had just said that I didn't know that you know like that. I didn't know that that's what it was, was. I saw Netflix was just doing a thing, you know? So I was really happy to hear that, but yeah, I didn't know that about him. So I'm gonna have to definitely, uh, definitely check those out a lot sooner than I was going to Reacher is another one where I'm like, I got really into, you know, the show. I loved it. And then I read the killing yeah. floor and then I read, um, oh my gosh, uh, the enemy. Uh, yeah. I absolutely loved it, which is weird. Cause I feel like I normally like more action with those types of books. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he just, Lee Childs writes in such an interesting way and yeah that narrative style it's just yeah very yeah, he, very good 
yeah, he's he's got an interesting style for um you know stories the storytelling in general is yeah yeah always found it interesting because um he's one of the few writers who can fill up you know pages with dialogue with no dialogue tags and you know who's writing yeah yeah that was interesting with each other yeah yeah it was very interesting i was like wow this is uh opposite of what they tell you right <laughs> but i guess you know depends on who you are you know so yeah that's very interesting oh that's Actually, really cool i'm not sure the narrator's voice of uh, the narrator for the gray man the narrator that did the audiobooks he does all of them he is phenomenal oh that's really good to know he nails, he nails like 21 different accents and everything oh yeah. wow he's he's really good that's impressive that's super cool yeah i definitely have to bump that up <laughs> i've definitely been definitely been looking for something like that i was trying to get back into the born series uh a while back because it's been so long because I, I read the first two i think you know when the movies first came out and then you know life happened and i bought them recently really cheap at a you know like a yard sale or whatever i actually got the first print of the first book and it's so cool um it's got like the sunglasses and everything. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. But yeah, I'm going to have to definitely bump that up. That's awesome. Uh, so when it comes to your Kickstarter, what's one thing that you have learned and one thing that you will take away when it comes to this Kickstarter for your Lucas Hale series? Well, I learned everything about the Kickstarter. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. Never done one before. Yeah. Um, I kind of got the idea from Brandon Sanderson. Um I watched him, you know, put out his Kickstarter and then you know, he broke the world record at like a million dollars in the first 24 hours. And I thought, you know, well, if he could do that under his name alone without even revealing what his books are about, because he did it for, you know, he had these secret books. Yeah. And he didn't even tell what they were about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did that on his name alone. And people were, yeah, take my money. Yeah. I thought, well, maybe I can get a couple hundred bucks then. <laughs> and I wanted. And I wanted those to to be able to get you know, this these you know, stacks of books that I've never been able to get before that I can sign to send out to people, um, and a lot of that you know goes into the shipping and everything like that. Like, I mean, there was somebody from Ireland who messaged me on Kickstarter. Mm. He's like, you know, can you ship to Ireland? And I looked it up. So I can. That's like forty dollars for shipping. It's hard, yeah. And he was like, "Well, what if I just give you the forty dollars and then plus the Kickstarter, and then do you send it to me?" If you want to, you're paying, <laughs> paying like seventy one dollars for the book. And he said, "That's fine." He want he really wanted the book, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, that somebody would, you know, want my, you know, my book that that much. Whatever. Um, as far as future goes i think i'll probably do this with every one of them mm. with every every release if if this book does well anyway and i you know get the word out about it um as a writer standpoint goes an indie author anyway it makes it really nice to be able to get them and you know to to have those funds come in basically right whenever you need them right when you set them to specifically be for, you know, what you need it to be. Yeah. Um, like I want to, like I have like these, I have these, these bracelets made. There were like three or four people that ordered those. If the series kicks up a little bit, um, I have 
the designs and stuff for all the different t-shirts for the four houses that about oh, cool. um bookmarks all kinds of you know merch and stuff like that and so kickstarter will, will definitely help mm. pay for something like that yeah yeah um so yeah i think going forward i'll probably use a kickstarter on all of them i mean i think that when when i saw that you were doing that i was like oh i think that's smart um you know, I saw a couple, you and two other authors I knew were both doing them for different reasons and offered different things. But, you know, I was like, oh, that is not something I considered doing before, but I think it makes total sense, you know? And I'm like, kind of like, I'm thinking to myself, like, why didn't I think of that? I'm like, why, you know, people just now started thinking about doing that. You know, it seems like Kickstarter is the perfect avenue to get your product, just like you were saying, and to get it to people, you know, as quickly as possible and in a, you know, a timely professional manner. And, you know, then I, you know, I feel like too, with your algorithms too, you know, that it's got to help somewhat, you know, in terms of search engines and things like that with yeah. Kickstarter, oh, yeah. you know, so yeah, that's smart. Yeah. I think, um, you know, just, I think just in general, I think it's becoming more popular. Oh yeah. Not just for authors, but um, like I had never, when I saw Brandon Sanderson do it, I got on Kickstarter and I was like, let me check it out. And I, I never even looked on there before. I never, you know, backed anybody mm. or anything. And so I started looking through it and just the amount of things that people have Kickstarters uh, for, you know, it's, it's pretty brilliant. Well, a lot of them, especially when you get, you get to see the the stories of them on there, the, the reasons behind it. And yeah. For as far as just authors go, I've seen everything from um, people authors wanted to get their whole series made into an omnibus and um you know merchandise whatever and it's a it's a great way to get you know to get the funds to to do it it's crowdfunded yeah. yeah totally yeah i think that's very very smart on your part so yeah i'm definitely gonna be thinking about that for the future <laughs> uh this is a newer question i've been asking people and it's so interesting to see people's you know different uh, point of view on this uh, what is one thing you want to see your future self accomplish at the end of your writing career? I never want to see the end of my writing career. Oh, I like that. I, <laughs> I was uh, thinking about that this morning. <laughs> I think that's a great answer. I think, I, I don't know. I think, I think money and stuff like that are, they're always going to be you know, secondary to mm. sharing my story to, to people. I think my ultimate goal is to write a character or a story that becomes a household name. Mm, amen. Um, that, you know, people build fan groups on social media about, and people talk about, and would be cool. I mean, people, if, if people talk about your characters and your story in your world, knowing that they'll probably never get a chance to meet you, you just, you've spread that far. Yeah. to me that would be that would be everything so that would be really cool it's funny like i said like i've asked i think you're like the 12th author i've asked this question to and every single one of you had said something different and that's given a really good answer and makes me really think you know in terms of i like goals and goal setting i'm not like yeah. super crazy about it but i feel like that would be really cool i was yeah. thinking like you know like bob like Ari salvatore like totally you know, I wanted to write him an angry letter after the Ghost <laughs> King and Gone Hear him. And I'm yeah. like, I literally cried. My wife like found me 
back to back, you know, weeks crying at the two books. I'm just like sitting there, you know, just pouring down tears. And she's like, you're like, she's like, you scared me. She's like, you're just not a crier. She's like, we've watched a movie and done this. She goes, I've been to like four funerals with you. She's like, you're not a crier. I was like, I literally felt like my childhood was done, you know? And she's like, you're almost 30. And I'm like, but I've been reading these characters for this long. You know, I said, it's like a best friend, you know, I said, they got me through depression. They got me through a lot of, you know, anxiety. They got me through, you know, just so many bad times. And now all of a sudden, like the whole world changed, you know, I said my whole, you know, I said, it's weird that fictional characters could do that. But I said, that just goes to show you that, you know, Bob does such a good job and, you know, and <laughs> I mean, he, he asked a couple, a couple months ago, he's like, did, did what, which one of my books made you cry? So I was like, these two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, Dan, you answered really quickly. I was like, yeah. I was like, I still have a hang up on the first one with the ghost King, but yeah, I just think, but you know, I was thinking of that, you know, earlier when I was asking this question to somebody and you know, we were talking about that, but I definitely feel like you're onto something. It would be really cool to, you know, have people cosplay your character or, you know, I think it'd be cool for you. You know, like we, we, they stopped doing it now because like they got sued, but we had like Potter Fest, you know, um, oh, yeah. I'm where Cornell university is in Ithaca. So they had a huge one. So it'd be cool. Maybe I'll have to tell them you could do like a Lucas Hale Fest. There we go. Be like, I know a guy we'll fly him in, you know, <laughs> and sell all your merch and everything. But yeah, that would be, I don't know. That'd be really, really cool. I didn't think of that that way. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go right there with that last one there. So obviously, you know, you're promoting Lucas Hale. Um, was there anything else, uh, current news, updates, anything else that you'd like to share with us in the meantime? You know, how's the Kickstarter going, things like that? Um, well, plans are right now to, uh, I'm writing second book in Lucas Hale. I'm rewriting book three in the lightning rod saga and then if i ever get around to it the story that i started writing from nano last year i wrote sixty-two thousand words in it it's still sitting there at sixty-two thousand words <laughs> uh, but it was it's heavily influenced from um from aragon and aragon's always been my that's always been my favorite series the inheritance cycle and um i wanted to take that and imagine Instead of a teenager getting a dragon egg and becoming a writer, what if a grizzled older veteran who's oh you know, that'd be cool? He's already physically competent, very competent yeah. in combat. Um, to see what somebody that's you know spent twenty five years in the military and all of a sudden now they got magic, mm. you know that and it, it was it's pretty interesting playing with his character because it really flips everything that he's ever done. Yeah. Um, especially in you know he he goes to meet the elves and and this story there's there's a lot of World of Warcraft inspiration from this too. Um, there are there are elves and orcs dwarves. Um, then there are treants and druids. And when he goes to meet the elves for the first time and train with them, he realizes that uh, physically he's not very imposing to anybody. <laughs> I mean <laughs> any of the elves. And in the human world, in the life he's known, he's been top. He's been the best of the best. So it's it's pretty interesting playing with this character that way too. But um, I might get to, to finish writing that one. And then I've started writing a, a Western, a 
Dark I'm excited fantasy. about that. <laughs> Sounds uh, awesome. A weird West. It's a, this is a term for it now, but that's about uh, a monster hunter in the 1800s around the Wyoming area. That one's pretty fun to write. I hope I, I get a finish writing that one too, because I had a whole, I had seven books planned for that one yet. Mm. So that's my, that's my four main things that I have, I have to stick with because I continue to come up with ideas and they get in my head and I want to write them, but I got to stick with some other stuff. <laughs> I don't have enough time. Oh, I so, know that feeling. So if I can, if I can stick with those four series, I think those, those will take me for, you know, the next few decades. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. You write pretty fast. You might be done in like four years, you know, <laughs> we'll see. And somebody recently like, did you see what, you know, CS is doing over there? I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like, some people just write fast, you know? And he's like, I'm so slow. <laughs> I'm like, I understand. I'm like, this, yeah. this book here, I definitely wrote faster than anything else. I wrote it in, uh, what was it a mo- just under two months? Yeah, it. that's quick. That's 99,000 words. Dang. Yeah, that's quick. So, I, I definitely flew through this one. Um, yeah. If I can keep that pace up for every book, that'd be nice. <laughs> well, I remember you were like, oh, I had this great idea. And then, you know, I got busy. And then the next thing I knew, it was like three weeks, yeah. like 45,000 words. And then I was like, oh, dang. I was like, oh, he's doing well. And then the next thing I knew, you're like, yep, done. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was like, that's crazy. I posted on TikTok that I was looking for beta readers for it when I just bugged it in writing. Yeah. <laughs> um, D'Artagnan Johnson, he said, didn't you just start writing that like two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> so. That's what it felt like to me, though. I was like, yeah. dang. Yeah, literally. Yeah. The, the day where you said that, you know, on I can't remember if it was on Facebook or TikTok or Twitter, but where you were like, yeah, I'm done. I was like, okay. I went home from work and I didn't really have much to do. And I was just like, all right. And I think I had like a 6,000 word day. Cause I was just like, hey, what though? Get like, going. On your social medias and stuff, posting and like on Twitter, on Twitter, I changed my, my name on there, I put my word count in my name um, and doing that. And then posting every day on your social media so that when anybody's liking or anything like that, they're, you know, the interaction that you're seeing is your workout from yesterday and it motivates you to, to just write more. And even if you write, you know, 500 words a day, you know, that picks up pretty fast. Yeah. 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 I did the math for that. And I was like, Oh, really? You only have to do, you know, that's what I'll do sometimes. Be like, Oh, I only got to do, you know, really this much to, you know, you had to do X, Y, and Z. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, it doesn't really take that many words per day. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do 2,500 every day. Um, it's nice. Like but Nano, Nano is, I remember right, Nano is 1,667 words per day. Yep. yep. 50,000 words. And, and I mean, this is 99,000 words and it is 331 pages. And I mean, that's, that's two, two Nanos. You know? Yeah. Which this book and my other books, if I use the same font, that's why I found it was interesting. If I use the same font, this book would have been about 40 pages more. Even if it was size 12. That was a that's another little nod. I don't know if you can see much, but I use the, the same font. Oh yeah, you can definitely tell. That, that JK Rowling used. That's and smart. So but it definitely it definitely shrank down 
the words. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can set reminders for yourself to either one right or, you know, hey, this is, this is only where you're at. You know. Yeah. Well, so. it's like uh, I got Jed Hurd and I got the Excel spreadsheet last year from him, so that helped me out a lot to finish my first fantasy book. But then I got busier this year. So that ended up like <laughs> kind of depressing me a bit and making me feel like I wasn't good enough. So I stopped doing that this year. And then now I'm about to be done with the second book. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know. My wife's like, what are you going to do now? Like, you're going to, you know, do this. I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe, you know, sometimes it's motivating. Sometimes it isn't like, I was like, usually now my friends, they text me like, Hey, did you write today? Mark Timoney is a good one about that. He's like, how's the book going? I'm like, thanks for keeping me accountable. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think yeah, I think you make a good point. Definitely got to find what works for you, and yeah. you know, and and people always say stick to that, but I'm kind of more of a mood person when it comes to tools and strategies. You don't have to be in the mood yeah, for it, no. you know. Yeah, I, I know. Like, it's I know during nano, that's the the work kind you usually need to get. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I, you know, if I'm not in the mood to to do it, then I'll just push myself the next time I am in the mood to, you know make up for lost words i guess yeah 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 but you know i, I write with uh with google docs and that helps a ton because i can write on my phone and then it's saved and i can go home and write on the computer so if you're writing you know during lunch breaks or you know yeah. up breaks and i get i mean if you can on a lunch break if you can knock out 250 words yeah 250 words on another break and you go home and you write 500 you know you've done a thousand so adds it, up quick really adds up quick so yeah totally all right my friend well i really appreciate you coming on you know anytime you know you got anything else to share you just want to talk about something you know you just let me know you got all my social medias and everything so just want to remind you you know tag me facebook message me you know send me whatever you got and you know we'll do our best to get it out there for you we're going to start to do uh uh, blogs per week as well we'll do spotlights for those author profiles once we get them set up uh so i'll definitely let you know ahead of time we're going to get a really nice solid calendar for that that way you can you know we're yeah. going to make a really big deal about it starting yeah. in the fall after labor day uh so it'll be really cool so hopefully you know we can get you know this book and some of your other ones out there you know help you out as best we can but like i said if there's something else i can do you know let me know obviously we talk just about every day on social media yeah. in some sort of capacity but uh yeah. You know, it's been great to, uh, you know, pick your writer brain and I got a lot out of this. So I, uh, you know, just want to remind our audience to, you know, check out CS's, uh, you know, the socials are going to be in the description. Um, you know, if you do want to get a hold of an author, you know, such as him, just get a hold of me. Some people are shy, so they, you know, text me or whatever, sometimes like whatever you want to do, you know, authors love to, you know, to hear that you love their work. So, you know, he's going to love hearing, you know, you're going to love hearing people talk, you know, about Lucas Hale. So, yeah. um, I know I'm going to be talking about it, so I'm really excited to do that. So if anybody out there does, you know, want you know, pass the message along, uh, somebody asked me that the other day. I said I have no problem doing that. Um, but don't forget that you can also get a hold of the authors through those socials, you know, and they love to talk to you guys. Uh, please make sure any books that you are reading, you're reviewing, because, again, you know, you want somebody, you know, to write a Lucas Hale number two. You got to, you know, help them out and get that business for them. So uh, it's the easiest way to get more books is to review the ones that people have already published. So. Um, you know, again, my friend, I hope that, you know, you have a great, 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 you know, start with this series. I'm really excited for you. I think you got something really special here and, you know, I see a lot of books, so I'm, 
I'm calling it now. It's going to be a good one. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to get my copy and to, uh, you know, review it as quickly as possible. And, you know, if there's anything else I can do, just let me know. Will do. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, my friend. We have a good rest of the evening and I'll talk to you later on social media or something like that. All right. You too. <laughs> later, bud. Bye-bye.